Because the Bible said a woman is a helper doesn't mean the woman is meant to be put on the back burner. A helper is someone that helps you create. Therefore, how is that person meant to be on the back burner? Because we as women have not really understood the mandate that the Bible has given us. You know when you don't know yourself, you don't know you're worth a billion dollars. I see the walls before me, I feel the cages forming, seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head up the ground. I see the world before me, I know what change is coming, I hear the world is calling, so I keep my head up the ground. We break into everything. We break into everything. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. We break into Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Barrier Breakers Corner where we step out on faith and defy the odds. I'm your host, Esmi Anab, here with my co-host, who I'll let introduce herself. Hi, I am Anu Falami, and today's topic is about life as a young African woman. Today we have a special guest, and her name is Queen Ono Jaffe. Please introduce yourself. Hey everyone, my name is Queen Ono Jaffe, and I am a content creator. Awesome, we're so happy that you're here with us. So one of the things I was hoping we could talk about is I've been seeing like a push for embracing Black women and their beauty How do you girls feel about the styles we as African women have and what makes us unique in that aspect of being also Black, the aspect of our culture and beauty? I feel like times are changing and there's a lot of push and pull with whose culture is to use and whose culture is not to use because, I mean, every day, day by day on socials, you hear them say, yeah, culture misappropriation, culture that, culture that. And I feel as young women, especially our generation, we don't really truly know what our culture is. Therefore, we truly don't reflect our culture in our hairstyles and the things that we do most often than not. We find ourselves using weaves. We find ourselves doing the most, basically, that we don't have to. So I feel like as young women, especially in Africa, we're not really in touch with our culture. Yes, that's really good. And to add on, I think the biggest aspect about us African women is our hair. Our hair says a lot about us, like how Mm -hmm. our hair is made differently than others, how we use it, how we style it. It's just a bit huge part of our culture. Back then, I guess, relaxers were very popular. Like you said, we didn't really know our culture. We were just Mm -hmm. relaxing our hair to make it straight. But like when you relax it, what do you do? It's just a huge aspect of our bodies. The hair Mm -hmm. shows a lot about your personality. So I think that was a good concept. Yeah, I feel like we're trying to figure it out with people using Bantu knots or the way we like stretch out our hair. At first, I heard of African girls saying like they would hate when their moms would stretch out their hair and take them to school because it made them feel different because everyone's staring at me and staring at my hair. But now 
we're creating this idea of like, it's okay that we're different. And we're embracing, even though we don't know every aspect of our culture, we're trying to find that in the way we dress ourselves. Sure. How do you girls feel about deviating from hair, but like makeup and stuff like that? Do you know, bottom line is I don't even know how to do makeup. So I don't even stretch myself. And it's so hot in the Gambia. I honestly give a thumbs up to the people that can do makeup and go under the sun. Because for me, I feel like, as I said in the beginning, we're not in touch. We're just doing things as a following trends. Because look at it. Why would you wear makeup under the hot sun to walk to an event and sit under the sun, sweat out the makeup and then go back home? (laughs) We just follow trends blindly and... I'm not saying it's bad to put on makeup, but I think when you put on makeup, factor your circumstances and factor where you're going to be doing, because I feel like this whole makeup thing, Seth, to some extent, it's just, we're just stressing ourselves for no reason. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. I went to a wedding and the girls around me were like, let's put on these lashes and these nails. Mm. I'm like, I don't feel comfortable with that. If you know me, exactly. I'm more of like a natural look type of person. I'm not trying to do too much. Who am I trying to impress? If I feel comfortable how I dress, like the little mascara I put on or lipstick or lip gloss or whatever, that's good enough for me. That's it. That is so true. But I feel as well, one of the major reasons why, especially I would speak in the context of Gambia because that is what I am surrounded by. A lot of young girls don't really have that appreciation that they get when they go natural. And when they go on makeup, they have their friends that would boost them up. Yeah, 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 you look good. Bear in mind, this is pound cake makeup. As you said, literally you're caking your face and they just feel more appreciated when they do the whole makeup thing, the whole lashes thing. I mean, when they go home, their mothers don't tell them, oh, you look so pretty, you're beautiful, you're a beautiful girl. There's not that much appreciation at home. So we tend to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes so we get the appreciation that we so crave in our hearts. So I think the lack of appreciation at home is one of the big factors why a lot of girls find themselves hustling to put on the makeup for no reason. It's just doing too much. <laughs> and you like, I know you're young, but at home, how's that relationship that you have with your mom in regards to makeup? So I wear makeup. I don't wear it all the time. Like if I'm going to church, I barely put on makeup. And my mom, sometimes she doesn't like me wearing makeup because I mess up the place a lot. Because it's kind of hard. I don't even understand. And I still have time. Like what Queen said, I don't really think that you have to put on that much makeup for unuseful things. If not necessary, then don't do it. Mm -hmm. I love that we're embracing our natural selves. Because like I was talking to a friend, if I'm dressing up for a guy, there's no point because they're not getting the makeup. They're getting the natural me. So I'd rather them see it now than later on. Exactly. Take all of me or take none. Yes. (laughs) Right. That's it. Let's go into the home life, being a young African woman. How has it been for you guys? Life, let's just say it's tough, right? So since I'm like the oldest, there's a lot of responsibilities on you. Washing the plates, doing house chores. You're always the first one to be called to do this or do that. Mm -hmm. Take care of the house. Mm -hmm. Wake up early. You have to clean the house. Don't sit down and do nothing. It's just a lot. When I'm the oldest, there's a lot of pressure because 
You're supposed to be a role model for your sisters. And when you don't do the right thing, you feel like, oh, you failed that task. If your sisters get in trouble, your parents are going to talk to you. Why weren't you there to correct them? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a lot of give and go. That's your responsibilities. You're supposed to watch. That's how I think life is. I mean, I can relate to that, but not fully because I am not the oldest, but currently in my house right now, I am. But as a family unit, no. So there's not as much pressure put on me to be like as much responsibility. You know, in Africa, how when you're the oldest, there's just so much. You literally have to be a proper role model. You need to be running around, hustling, all that. But I feel like for me, it's a little bit stressful being a young African in Africa especially in West Africa, because there's this male complex thing, this male superiority complex that's in Africa that really does annoy me because you find out that a lot of African homes tend to guard their men, I would say, treat them as kings. And yes, the man would eat. And yes, the woman needs to go clear up, even though times are changing and people are beginning to see that, listen, if you don't wake up now, you're going to suffer later. But there's still inherent in our culture, that whole thing of the woman has to do this, the woman has to do this. And I'm a very outspoken person and I'm a very outspoken child. And I've always told my mom, listen, there's no one that tries me in the house for that. Even though I don't need but males, but outside, nobody tries me for that. And I feel like it gets a bit stressful because sometimes they don't see why I wouldn't do it. Just because I'm female doesn't mean I'm into clean after you. Who do you think you are, please? I mean, it gets stressful, but what can we do? What change? Right. For me, I'm an only child, so I don't get to see the dynamic of maybe having sisters or brothers in an African household, but my mom would still push me to be like, oh, as a woman, you need to know how to clean and cook mm-hmm. for your husband mm-hmm. or something. And I'm like, as a person, mm-hmm. those are essential exactly. skills I need to have to live. So like, it's just annoying to have to deal with that. I'm trying to improve on this with my mom was having that. No, it's not me as a woman needing to do this. Let's change how we speak about it. So we're not segregating who does what. And I had this another conversation with a guy friend and he was like, he wants his wife to cook and clean and all that nonsense. And I was like, that's a lot of pressure. What happens if your wife is working and has to leave home for a while? You want her to cook a week's worth of meals or something like that mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. You have to be able to take care of your family as a husband. And that's part of it. True. Life is a struggle. <laughs> A big one. But honestly, I've always said that the relationship between mothers and children in Africa is a bit strained because in Africa, there's certain conversations that obviously you wouldn't have with your parents. There's certain conversations that you raise it and they're like, shut up. What do you know about that? A lot of young girls go through the whole period of menstruation and all that. They don't have the sex talk. They don't have anything. They literally don't have any relationship with their mothers because they feel like, ah, I'm too scared of my mom. She's not going to allow me to have that conversation. How much do you think that impacts a growing young woman? That would definitely impact a woman like a lot. Mm-hmm. For me, I haven't had that type of relationship. My mom has tried to be more open mm-hmm. and understanding. And I think that's what we need in our society is to have more open conversations so that us young girls can feel comfortable going to our parents about tough conversations True. before things get terrible. God forbid a woman gets raped or yeah. because they didn't have that conversation of like, what is sex? What is consent? And all that type of stuff. True. Annie, what do you think? I think it does impact them because it separates the barrier. 
when you know you feel like you can't talk to your mother about it, in the future, when other things happen, you'll still feel like you can't talk to them. So I haven't had that relationship because Esme, my mom, has been open about it. But it's just a good thing to, like, sometimes talk to your daughter and, like, listen to what they have to say instead of just pushing them mm-hmm. away. Queen, can you, like, expand more? It's interesting to hear this closed-minded aspect of African women because I'm in the U.S., so I haven't been around mm-hmm. that type of environment, mm-hmm. I guess. In Africa, I would speak on West Africa in itself. Because generations past, they never had these open-minded conversations. It's a little bit harder for them. And certain women apparently are shy or stuff. And, you know, in Africa, they literally wait till you're getting married, a day to the marriage or something, and they literally bombard you with everything about marriage. Yes, you have to be respectful. You have to cook for your husband. You have to do that. You have to do that. And even though we're trying to break away, I think because we don't have those open-minded conversations, the percentage of teenage pregnancy that we have is so high because like it or not, hormones will rage. Like it or not, they will rage. So I think because we don't have these conversations, a lot of girls find themselves exploring when they're not supposed to because, I mean, it's a human body. It's either you submit to it or you find a way to subdue it, but it's going to do what it's going to do. And because we don't have these relationships, Teenage pregnancy is on the rise or this boyfriend thing, thing, thing going up and down. It's just different things that run through our heads and we're not able to pour out because there's not that relationship. So I think one thing that us as Africans, especially ones living in Africa, need to develop or need to push into the younger generation is that make sure to build a relationship with your girl child, especially. And do not segregate your boy child. Be like, yeah, treat him as a king. Yes. You the girl, you're meant to clean up, you're meant to do all that. Because coaches like these are what raise up all these egoistical men that feel like, yeah, I need to be the boss. I'm an alpha male. I can't have my wife. I cannot be in the kitchen whilst my wife's place is in the kitchen. All these mentalities. Because of this closed-mindedness of Africa, this has brought us to this point where men are so egoistical in Africa. It's just, oh God, Jesus Christ. That's what I think. Can I come in? Yeah, go ahead. Yes, please. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be here, but I just wanted to say that as you guys are talking, because Queen is the only one here that's like from back home, but I was raised, well, most of my life back home. I'm mm-hmm. from Ghana. I grew up in the Gambia. So more of my life has been in Gambia. And talking about the conversations that women or mothers have with their kids, my mom didn't have that conversation with me. Period conversation, sex conversation. I don't know whether it's just this old age character or culture. I don't know. But like the only time I got to talk about my period was when I started seeing my period. (laughs) There was a day I'm in bed and I'm like, what's going on? I played the whole day. (laughs) And I felt like I hurt myself. Like, what's going on here? And I go to my mom and I'm like, "Uh, I'm bleeding. I don't know what's going on. Then she tells me, I'm like, Really? And she says, now you're a woman. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. Like, what is that? That's when she said it. Like, she didn't really even go deep into it. But Mm -hmm. like that week on the Sunday after church, we went to my aunt's house and one of my very close friends, my mom like brought us together because her mom is no longer there. So my mom wanted us and we're like sisters. So she just brought us all together and they took us to my aunt's house. And then I didn't even know what they were going to talk about. And then they started having this conversation. I was like, oh, that is the conversation they want to have with us. And I was like, I was never prepared. Now the younger kids, I know you guys already know about that. In fact, Anu's younger sister, who is like 
what, seven now? She knew about period like at mm-hmm. six. <laughs> and wow. I was finding out at 12. And I'm like, okay. And that sex talk is only about don't get pregnant. Don't get pregnant. And like, yes, yes. can you just talk about why shouldn't I get pregnant? Right. And then exactly. they tell you, oh, if you touch a guy, now that you're seeing your period, if you touch a guy, yeah. you're going to be pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's not what you're supposed to say. Let us know, why do you not want us to be pregnant? Mm-hmm. And because the mm-hmm. thing is, you don't even have the discussion about boyfriends. You talk about boyfriends and they're like, huh? Well, you small girl. Then at 30 years old, Honestly. they're like, where's the husband? And I'm like, <laughs> there's no in between. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when did we start having this conversation of bringing a boyfriend? I thought you didn't want <laughs> me to have boyfriends. Like, exactly. I feel like they need to have that conversation where you can talk to your girl when it comes to sex, like talk to them, advise them. Because if you tell somebody don't, <laughs> that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Like I went on Instagram, I was telling my friend the other day, I went on Instagram, I was checking out, what was it? Something funny. And somebody commented, don't look at my status. And I'm like, I thought it was going to be about whatever they were talking about on that post. Mm-hmm. I went to her post and I was shocked at what I was seeing. I had to close it quickly. I'm like, what? What is going on here? So if you tell somebody, don't do something, that's what they want to do. And girls who go out and test, like my parents keep saying, no, no. And you know, like how Adam and Eve in the story of the Bible, they say, God said, don't touch this fruit. And so the enemy comes to you and says, God really said, don't touch that fruit. And you know, now they want to go touch that fruit. And now we are all in this chaos as women and going through all this wala, you know? I feel like that conversation needs to be had. I feel like when I do have kids, I want to be able to be so open to them, especially my girls, tell them about how this life is. Obviously at the right time, but like not even when they start menstruating that I talk about menstruation, but before that. And when it comes to sex, be open about it. Like, I want to know their friends. I want to know the guys that are coming into your life because we could never bring guys to our house. I mean, I don't know whether you guys. You, who? What? It's like they're, they're checking them out. Like, why is he here? Even if it's just a friend, you know, and he's so scared to do that. And now you don't have this conversation with your girl at a young age. And now they just bring any guy at some point that this is my boyfriend. And you don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. You don't know their character. And then they end up marrying the person. At the end of the day, at some point in their lives, it's like, okay, now we are no longer together. The parent was not into their lives to know who this person was to even say, I agree or I don't agree. And now you'll be fasting and praying, unnecessary fasting and praying. When you should have had the conversation. So I feel like that conversation with Africans and even some of the Africans when they move here, trust me, Queen, (laughs) they still have the back old, old days mentality. There's nothing like change. So yeah, it's so hard for them to change. It's like the kids that grew up to be able to struggle and have that conversation with their parents and the parents having to come to that point to say, you know what, my child is grown. Let me try and accept. But those conversations need to be had. And that's why I just popped in here. But maybe I'll just pop out. And I don't know what you guys have to say with (laughs) regards to that. I know I feel like Auntie Titi always, not just that your mom is there, but you have an aunt that is also there that is also guiding you. So maybe you want to talk more on that. Yeah. I both have both my mom and my aunt to talk to me. Like if I'm going through stuff at school, they're there. I can talk about like my physical changes and my mental changes. And it's just like the support that everyone needs. Like you just need someone to be there for you, someone that you can talk to. And I think that's just Mm -hmm. really healthy for your self-esteem and like how you feel and stuff. So that's what I think. 
And even with regards to insecurities, out here, it's not taking anything serious. Literally, you could tell your mum, I mean, not my mum, because my mum understands, but like the average Gambian would tell their parents, oh, I think I'm feeling a bit insecure about my teeth, my eyes, my skin tone. And you know what's weird? In a country that is 90% black, people still funnily aren't comfortable enough with their skin because this same population is the same ones that go bleach their skins and all that. Or come to that next year. But it's just draining because outside there, there's not the support. You come inside and you try to explain yourself. You try to be emotionally available and they're not able to handle your emotions because their parents were not able to handle their own emotions. And they haven't learned how to deal with a child mentally, physically, emotionally and all that. So I think There's a lot of relearning that we need to do as Africans as a whole because it's just draining because, okay, I would give myself as an example. I wouldn't say I had issues with loving my skin tone, but because I'm quite, like I'm not dark, but I mean, I'm melanated and all that. And when I was younger, because people were a little bit lighter than I was, I faced bullying with my skin. People would call me dark. People would call me that. And now it's funny because, I mean, hello, we're surrounded by Black people. How is my one affecting you? How is it paining you? And you wouldn't find any place to turn to because everywhere you turn to, they're singing the same song. It's either they don't care. It's either, don't worry, she's just going through something. She'll be fine. You know that African thing of, especially when a child falls, they'll be like, yeah, Michael, Michael, don't look at the child. Let the child cry and all that. So I think that we really need to do away with a lot of our olden day culture. I just wanted to throw that in there. I completely agree. The way we as Black people see each other, I don't know why we criticize each other for no reason. We're the same. We're literally the same. It's just a matter of genetics. Exactly. That gave us Mm -hmm. our, like, different types of melanin. Like, my dad is darker than I am, and my mom is, like, really light compared to me. And I have this, like, one of my teachers in middle school called me Coffee and Cream. Because I was just this mixed color. And I like that I'm different. I like that my friends are either darker than lighter than me because it makes them who they are. God created us who we are. Who's to say which one is better than the other? One thing I think I really appreciate about our particular generation is that we're trying to make changes that weren't made in our parents' generations. And we're trying to be that positive role model so things will get better and we won't be having this just like old way of seeing things. Yeah. I just wanted to add, when you talk about us loving our black skin, well, like I said earlier, I'm from Ghana. I grew up in Gambia. Already when you're in US, you're already facing, or in this part of the world, you're already facing racism. But I realized that even when I was back home in Gambia, as young as I was, I still remember this, like sixth grade, where this girl, this Gambian girl, she was like, you are a foreigner. You are not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be here. And I carried that for a very long time. And I guess I still carry that because I feel like I'm still different, even though I'm amongst Black people. I am so different. I so love this thing that they do in Gambia, though, where when you're working any company before you hire anyone, you have to first hire a Gambian and which is so good. Like that will help the people work or instead of having people from outside coming to work, you have your own. I don't think it's so good. You know, you know the reason why I say it's good because I was talking to my friend about it. She's from Nigeria. And she's like, she wishes that it's in Nigeria because 
that will help those in the country work because there are a lot of Nigerians that finish university and they are not working. But then you have people from outside that are working in those companies and it's so hard. And this is where we grew up. I don't have anywhere else to go. I don't know anyone outside. So why wouldn't I get a job here? And that's why I feel like that thing is okay in Gambia up to a certain, because if they hire a non-Gambian, I worked at the bank and that was the rule. If they hire a non-Gambian, the company pays a certain amount during the year. So if the company is able to afford it, that's fine. But then again, if people in the country are not studying and they don't have the degrees to carry those positions, obviously they'll hire somebody from outside. But then when it comes to, and not to cut you off, Queen, but when it comes to that part, apart from that, you feel still different. I don't know why that is. And I know there's people that are really fighting now for that to change, but it's going to take a little bit. Because they feel like once you're a foreigner, I don't know, older people feel like you're not supposed to be. I don't know why it's like that in our own African countries. I don't know if you go to another country, whether they will treat you like that. I don't know whether that's what happens in either Nigeria or Ghana or even South Africa or something like that. I guess it happens because, you know, you see those people from another village fighting another village. I guess it happens. I don't know why as Black people, we are still fighting about our own skin. Like this person is lighter. In the old days, you remember that when they do videos, if you're not fair, you're not going to be in the video because the camera Mm -hmm. has to capture. Yeah. There's a color helps. (laughs) So it was always light skinned girls that were getting. I guess that's why a lot of young people felt like I have to bleach to be there because it's like as a young person, if you are lighter skinned, you are more favored. But I just want to tell every black girl, no matter how dark your color is, that you are beautiful, that you are amazing, that there's nothing wrong with you. When you love yourself, you will love every part of you. So first of all, learn to love yourself. Learn to love who you are. I used to hate my nose. (laughs) Right now, if you tease me about my nose, I don't care (laughs) because I love me. I love myself. So when you come and start saying things like, you know, it doesn't bother me anymore. So when you love yourself, nobody should be able to come and tell you that you're so dark. Like, excuse me. So I just wanted to bring that. But Queen, you can continue. I don't think I'm going to come in again. (laughs) You guys go ahead. I just wanted to touch on the aspect where you said you thought it was good. I kind of think it's not to some extent because then we find ourselves employing incompetent people into these institutions all in the name of the gamble, <laughs> let them get the job. And honestly, me, I interact with all these institutions and day by day you see like the incompetence is literally oozing out because you go to an office, they wouldn't start work till like 10 o'clock because I mean, Gambian style, they have to take breakfast, they have to do that, they have to do this and that. Oh, the boss is not in, so it cannot be signed. Hello, where's the boss's assistant? It's gone to another branch. Like there's just so much incompetence going on around because they are favored. They know that anywhere that they go, they would get a job. So I think, honestly, to some extent, there needs to be some flexibility because we're tired. That's true. Because as well, you know, the whole thing of being a foreigner, you know, I'm half Nigerian, I'm mm-hmm. half Gambian. So sometimes when I say my name and I say my last name and they're like, so you're a foreigner. And I'm like, hello, I'm more Gambian than you are. Quit playing with me. Ah, that's the thing. But it's just crazy because I feel like a part of loving yourself is also finding yourself in God. Because everyone can say, love yourself, love yourself. But it's until you have this relationship with God, until you get onto this level where you're able to see yourself, how God sees you. Like you look in the mirror and you literally can see how much time God took to make you. And it's much easier done than said, honestly, to love yourself. But I think 
bringing God in is a big factor of it. It really does help. Yeah, absolutely. Let's me, you guys can take out from here. Let me not steal this from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> kind of going off what Queen said about having a relationship with God. I feel like once you know your identity is in Christ and you're not worried about looks and your physical appearance, you have a no limit mindset. I'm just wondering, do you think Black or African young women have limited themselves in certain aspects of their life because they're like, oh, first of all, I'm a woman and then second off, I'm Black? I think, yes, we have greatly done that because, again, going back to our culture, in our culture, it teaches us that elevate the man and stay behind. We do not really understand what we read from the Bible. Because the Bible said a woman is a helper doesn't mean the woman is meant to be put on the back burner. A helper is someone that helps you create. Therefore, how is that person meant to be on the back burner? Because we as women have not really understood the mandate that the Bible has given us. You know, when you don't know yourself, you don't know you're worth a billion dollars. And you're out there just covering in the hundred dollars and all that. When you fully realize, which is what is happening now, which is why a lot of men feel like, yeah, well, these feminists, where are they coming from? Blah, 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 blah. Because when you fully understand yourself, you push yourself to such a place that the human mind cannot understand because they themselves haven't fully understood themselves. So I think a part of us stopping or eradicating, limiting ourselves as women is us fully understanding ourselves because truth be told, it's really hard in Africa to actually burst out of that shell because there's certain jobs you want to take up and they're like, what are you doing in that field? For example, I do a lot of things. So a part of it is I stream. And sometimes when I tell people I do the live streaming for church and I do media and all that, I'm with all these wires and all these cables and they're like, what are you really doing there, please? That's a male's job. So I think us as women just need to go through a process of fully understanding ourselves in order to break away from these limitations. Because until we understand our God-given mandate, until we understand ourselves in Christ, until we understand our positions in society, until we understand what we are here for, we will continue to limit ourselves. What do you think, Anu? I think that's so true that as what we can do better is we can encourage the people who are younger than us. I'm not saying we should be mothers. We should be role models to the one who are younger than us. If they need to speak to someone, they can come speak to us. That we just be more open and that we should stop letting things define us because we know who we are and we should stand our ground. So, yes. I love the idea of having positive role models in your life because you mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. create a level of respect. The younger person being like, I know things are different for you because you're just growing into yourself, but I'm here to guide you through the process. So you're not alone. There's someone you can look up to. And just having that behind you makes life a little bit easier to go through because if something were to happen, you have that other person to reach out to. So how do you guys think we can continue this conversation, but in like our own day-to-day lives, like make a real difference in improving how we as young African women see each other? I think first of, we need to start by actually trying to defy the odds. If they say you can't, you say, yes, I can. My gender really doesn't determine how much or how far I can go. So I think as well, having these conversations with your normal friends, because I mean, even within your friends, certain times, even within your male friends, your boyfriends and all that, 
you hear them saying certain things and I'm thinking, what school did you go to, please? Because you have conversation with certain Gambian boys and they're like, yes, my wife is meant to do this. The woman is meant to do this. The woman's place is better, better, better. I'm like, hello, I thought right. we left that in the 90s. What is it doing in the 2000s, please? So I think having those deliberate conversations and being really deliberate, actually breaking the barriers, as the podcast's name is, actually breaking through and showing them my gender doesn't determine how much I can go. I think that could be a step. I feel like we can have constructive criticism between each other as young individuals. We shouldn't look down on each other because one might think one way or the other. It may be because they were isolated. They're in this isolated world for the majority of their life. They're taught a very patriarchal environment, family, household. And it's not their fault. It's okay that they didn't have that experience as you did. But once they get out of that, being open and let's have this conversation. Let's try to understand each other so that we can meet at a middle ground and say, here's how I see the world. Here's how you see the world. What can we do as individuals to make our society better instead of limiting one versus the other. I really like the conversations we're having so far. What do you guys think though? You know this trending thing of this whole body positivity and all that, yeah, I can wear whatever I want. Honestly, I get, I get you're trying to love your body, I get. But should you do this and expose your whole body all in the name of body positivity, please? I feel like our generation doesn't know where to draw the line. You're literally exposing your whole body. So which one is body positivity, please? And you want to cry when somebody does something to you or someone catcalls you or something. Hello, you dress <laughs> how you want to exactly. be addressed. Now, I had this conversation with a group of girls in my Bible study. And we're basically saying, like, we should know who we are in Christ, like we were talking about earlier, so that when we talk about beauty, there's Definitely. a certain standard that we're looking to. We're like, how would we dress for God, not particularly for a guy? or mm-hmm. what's trending right now. Mm-hmm. We feel like if we dress this way, God would be thankful that we're acknowledging who he is and what he's done in our lives. It's so stupid that we see this idea. Of, yes, it's good to embrace your body. Flashing it, what is that going to do? What do you get from it? Exactly. I think what you guys are saying, this whole body positivity trend is like going on because a lot of people look down at themselves and see like Mm -hmm. the influencers that they look up to like, oh, why is my body not like that? Or why is my hair not like that? Oh, why don't I look like her? I don't think they should take it that far that they should be like extreme flashing. If you wore a fitted top, you wanted to wear it, but you never wore it, go ahead and wear it. But that doesn't mean you have to wear very revealing clothes. That's true, because I understand that as well. Some people don't feel comfortable in their skin. So like when they wear those stuff, they feel like they're comfortable and all the appraisals and all that. But I still think, I think our generation is a bit too sensitive. Sometimes you're edging off into unhealthiness, darling. That's not thickness. That's unhealthiness, darling. I don't want to be too, but I feel like sometimes, as you said earlier, we really need to get to that point where we can accept constructive criticism because sometimes we nurse wounds to the point that they get into whole sores and it's unmanageable. So I think the constructive criticism that you spoke about is really important. What encouragement would you guys give to young African women as they're going about their lives? So I would say that always open up to your mother Never look down Mm -hmm. on yourself and just be positive. Mm -hmm. I would say 
break the barrier. I would say go beyond what you expect. I would say don't give up, keep fighting because you're meant for greater things. Don't accept the normal cultural standards. Go beyond. You are bigger than what you're seeing now. I would say don't look at what society is doing and think that's what you should be doing as well. Sit back and actually contemplate who am I as a Christian? Who am I as an individual? And where should I see myself in society, not what society thinks I should look like or say or do? So that's the aspect of how I would approach it. I'm so glad we were able to have this conversation and bring to light a lot of important things that need to be changed within our community as Africans and as women. And I'm happy that Queen could join us and that will conclude our podcast. Before you guys conclude, I just want you guys to say something encouraging to each other as young ladies, whatever you Queen may have to say to Anu or Esme just to encourage you guys. I just feel like we need it. And we don't do this a lot as ladies out there. There's this thing of ladies are together. There's always quarrel. There's always pettiness. And I mean, to some extent that is true, but there are so many other ladies that are out there that have great girl bonds and they're doing so well. And I feel like as ladies, young African women, whoever you have out there with you, Grab them, encourage them, love on them, be there for them, text them, say hi. If you don't have that, we at Barabricas Corner, just send us a DM, slide into the DM and let us know. We want to be there because we need to break these barriers and want to be there. I didn't have this kind of conversation when I was younger. And so I'm trying to bring them out here so that young women, young girls out there would know that they too are beautiful. They too can do something. And that's why these conversations are coming up because we have to break that barrier so that the next generation don't have to face that. But I just want you guys to just say something to yourselves here and just encourage each other and use that. Whatever anyone tells you, whatever Esme tells you, I know whatever Queen tells Esme, whatever, however, hold on to that today and forever and use that to break barriers, use that to move to the next level, use that and let it be the word that you needed for this week to do whatever you needed to do this week. I just want you guys to just say some things and that's why I'm here again. (laughs) Anyone can start. So I would say that both Queen and Esme, that you guys are very great people to talk to and that you're very good role models to look up to. Thank you. Thank you. I was just going to say to Anu, I'm so proud of you. If I was 12 years old doing this, like I'd be scared. You would not hear my voice. I would not speak. So for you to be in this conversation, I'm glad you're in it because it's showing that We're trying to impact the younger generation. You're appreciative of that as well. And I'm happy that you're part of this conversation. And for Queen, my God, girl, you're so wise. I can just tell it the way you speak. And I like hearing other people's opinions because it makes me understand the world in a better way and better understand others in my life that I come across. So it's great speaking with you. It was great speaking with you both as well. I'm just so excited because speaking with both of you has just opened my eyes to the fact that our generation is really doing its work. And I just love how Anu speaks and all that. Like, she's literally so articulate. 
Kinect. I was in this Archie Kinect at age 12. Right. I was probably playing with dolls or something. Like, I was in this Archie Kinect. I didn't have much to say in conversations like this. And I just want to say to Annie that just keep up with it. Don't let anybody distract you. Don't let anybody shift your focus. You're meant for greater things. Hearing you speak is like, okay, this generation is it. I don't know about the past generations, but this one we're going to break. And to Ismay, I would like to say to you that, oh my God, I just love this conversation. And I just love the fact that we're being so open. And I love how you love God. Like literally the way you explain the scriptures and everything. I just love how you incorporate Jesus in everything. And it's just beautiful because... Out here, you don't get to see a lot of girls really bold about their faith and really speak about it at any time. And it's just beautiful. And I would just like to say to you as well, keep on. We're going to break this. We right. are going to break it. I'm so excited. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. You guys are getting me emotional. My eyes going red. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of all of you. I was just coming and when I was rushing to come into the house, I was just like, God, I come with this podcast into your hands. Like, let it be what you want. Like, I was just praying. And I'm so proud of all of you because Queen, yesterday they were practicing. <laughs> it was it nothing was like rough. this. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> It was nothing like this. So like, I'm so glad and I'm proud of all of you. And I just want you guys to know I'm here for you guys. I love you already. You guys know that already. I know, you know, you're my corner. Yeah, my girl. And I just want you ladies to know that. Let no one stop you. You're beautiful. You're amazing. You are wise. Like you being able to come on here and talk. Like Esme said to Anu, at 12, <laughs> what was I doing at 12? I can't even remember. I wasn't thinking about speaking nowhere. And that's exactly why I love season four of the podcast because I get to bring young people on here that would never have thought they would have this opportunity. Just asking people. It's not like I'm looking for anybody perfect, but just looking for anyone that's available. Just come and talk. And young people have things to say. And if you don't ask them, they're not going to say anything. And so I'm so proud of all of you. You guys are amazing. You're doing amazing work, Queen. I see what you're doing on Instagram. I love the work that you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> I know in church, you're doing well. And you're doing great with your sisters. I know sometimes they can be annoying. And that's what sisters, I only have sisters as well. So they can pull your legs sometimes. <laughs> but you guys have a great bond. Yeah, yeah. And that is so good. I have that same bond with my sisters. Esme, you know, my sisters are amazing. Even though we've grown in different parts of the world and they're all over the place, but we are constantly chatting, constantly talking, having fun and all of that. So that bond is there. And that's so important for sisterhood. A lot of families don't have that bond with their siblings, but I'm so glad that I have that. So I know you're doing well with your sisters. Don't ever let no one tell you anything. You rock. Esme, keep doing what you're doing. I can't believe you went to uni like four years ago and Oye was like, Esme is going to uni today. And then all of a sudden, Esme has finished his graduate. I'm like, what? Where did the time go? <laughs> time flies, guys. So do whatever you have to do. Like I, this is something that I've been saying this year. Do whatever you have to do to get to where you need to be because time flies. I can't believe 2021 is ended and we are here. Next year is coming. So whatever plans you have, do it. Don't let no one stop you. Go for it. We are all Christians here and we believe in being led by the spirit. As long as it's what God wants you to do, mm-hmm. go for it, full on. Yep. Just do it and be obedient. Yep. Even in the littlest things as resting and God is saying rest, you need to rest now. Rest because maybe in that rest, you give you new ideas, give you new visions. So you ladies are the bomb. Just go do it. Go break barriers. 2022, I just want to see amazing. I mean, even in by the end of this year, I just want to see you guys do more. And five years down the line, when I see you guys, 
I know that, yay, these people are breaking barriers, man. They need to come back on this podcast and tell us what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> but yep. yeah, I just yep. want to tell you how proud of you guys I am so much. And whatever you guys have discussed here, I know it's going to encourage other young ladies out there to love themselves. Love your hair. Look at my fro. Love like, it. you know, I never thought I'd be rocking my love fro it. like this, but you Ooh. know, I am rocking it. I'm loving my, like, it's been natural for the past four years. Not stretch. Once in a while, I go to stretch it out, but it's been like this and I love it. So look at her. Look at oh her. Oh my what, gosh, what you're so pretty. Oh, Wait, let you. me show myself so it's not weird. I just had to pop it and show my head. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that locks. You see? Hey. hey. Like, come on, girls. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what sisterhood is supposed to be. This is what we are supposed to be doing. So thank you guys for being here. I'm so grateful. Esme, you want to just end it up? Yes, I was going to say. You're welcome. It's amazing. Thank you. So this will conclude our podcast. Queen, we're so happy you can be here and be part of this conversation. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breakers Corner podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the Podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in the Gambia, West Africa. Cause